0: Hey everyone, welcome back and welcome to episode six of season four of Whiskey Queens. This week we're talking about Indian whiskey and Paul is going to be drinking Amrut Indian single malt whiskey. Don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to check us out at whiskeyqueens.com, at the Whiskey Queens on Instagram, and be sure to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and here's the show. hello hello how was that that was lovely
1: how well, are you since doing?
0: it's open i'm gonna just pour a little more keep pouring keep pouring my glass is sadly empty we talked for a while before we started this Oops, show my bad that's okay but just means my glass is dry um so uh what brings you here this week why are you drinking what you drinking?
1: <laughs> i was like what brings me here is i'm supposed to be here mm. um why am I drinking you ask me sir sir here, sir here, sir? Here, sir I am drinking because one i like to drink as i say every episode and two i'm drinking because this week is going to be a week girl and it's going to be a week because a week from today i will be in maine so that just means like i gotta get my fucking life together
0: and i will drink to that i'll be picking you up from the airport like 40 minutes ago a week from now you land at 5:30 don't you i thought i took off at 5:30 but it's okay maybe you take off at 5:30 i will, i will check the schedule later and see when i should pick you up from the airport yeah please from the
1: from the portland was it called jet, port, jet, jet we, port. Are, we are at jetport
0: I love that you are a jet port. Yep. It just, it fills me with utter joy. It sounds even more ridiculous because it's in Portland, Maine. It's, it's a like jet the Jetsons. It's what, it rem- it's what it makes me yep. think of. Anywho, why are you drinking this Um week? For the same reason. I'm excited. You're going to be here in a week and it's going to be really fun. And it's going to be a shit show and I can't wait for it. Yes, a good yeah. old shit show. That's what we all need. Yeah. Other than that, life is just, you know, the crazy coming off of an insane weekend and going into an insane week. So here we are. I'm three ounces deep. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. So what are you three ounces deep? In? So I'm talking history this week. So I'm drinking whatever the fuck I want. So I popped a bottle of the Glendryock 12, which was a friend from our or a friend, which was a friend. It is a friend. It was a gift from our friend, Becky. <laughs> I popped the Glendryoc 12, which mm-hmm. is a friend. Works. She says. She's a drug girl. Mm-hmm. She's. It's been a day. Uh, so I'm drinking scotch because there's a tie-in with Indian whiskies and India and scotch. So I figured we would I stay the like course. I like it. I like these tie-ins. Mm-hmm. You notice the tie-in is always Scotch though. Like all these different countries we've been talking about, they're all in love and all influenced by Scotch and the Scottish process. So I I find that fascinating. But that's why I chose to stick with Scotch this week versus jumping into something else. They certainly weren't impressed with American whiskey. They stuck with Scotch.
1: There you go. Mm. How about you? Well, I am drinking and tasting and talking about an Indian whiskey uh, that Amrut um, Indian single malt whiskey, to be precise. Mm.
0: Was that the only one you could find, or did you have options?
1: I had options. Okay. This is the one I chose to spend my dollars upon, ah. mostly because the other options cost more money. Ah. And while I hope to in, engage engage in them, no. While I hope to procure them and consume them at some point down the road, as we sort of discussed. Like uh, some days walking into the liquor store, you're like, "Mm, girl, I don't know that I want to spend that right this minute.
0: So you didn't have my experience where it was discontinued by the state and discounted by the liquor store to 40% off? That wasn't your experience?
1: No, no. I went to this fabulous uh, liquor store in DuPont Circle that I'd never been to before, but is also, I think, one of the places where uh, when that words i don't have them that's i don't have those words it's anyway it's one of the liquor stores that has a fantastic (laughs) selection uh and i've never been there in person but it's one that often comes up in drizzly when you're searching when i searched like france and india and like all these you know unique places and whiskeys and so i went in there and i was like holy mother of jesus it's like the motherland uh yeah they got a shit ton i i posted at least in our our insta story on my damn my day adventure to procure this whiskey a wall of whiskey and that wall was just sort of the international wall mind you that was not uh american whiskeys they had a whole other wall of american whiskeys so that was like yeah the section i was looking at like the top shelf was indian they had two rows of japanese whiskey some other countries and then they had like Ireland and Scotland and yeah they had a shit ton it was I was like all right I see what's happening here is this the liquor store that's like by where Circa
0: was in DuPont Circle or no
1: no it's on Peace Street uh right down the street from that bookstore that
0: that um oh books a million I think it used to be
1: Something to that effect, yeah.
0: Gotcha, okay. I don't think I've been to that one. All right, good to know. Next time No, we'll no, there.
1: that's on the circle, I think what you're talking about. Yes,
0: it is on the circle.
1: No, 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 no. This is like, um,
0: people are like, who gives a flying free? I know, right? Uh, it's on P Street heading west towards Georgetown. All right, so if folks are looking for a very good selection of whiskey in the D.C. area. They should be heading to this location. Or any liquor. The place is, has a shit ton of stuff. Nice, I'm jealous, I'm jealous. Um, all right, with that, I think I'm doing buzz history, drunk history, buzz history. You tell me with the end of this how this came across. Sure, I don't know that I'm one to judge, but you're not one to judge. That's not
1: <laughs> not one to judge uh, anyone's uh, degree of inebriation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I was like Paul. Don't say the big words because you can't.
0: Oh, that. Anyway,
1: yeah, someone's.
0: Uh, consumption of alcohol on this show anyway hmm. you teach us i will let me let me teach you let me edify you as to uh, the brief indian history i have cooked up for you you like how i slipped edify in there i do right. and i like that you pronounced it correctly because i would I not have been able to bonus points <laughs> apparently <laughs> so there is apparently a huge amount of whiskey being drunk in india it's actually considered the biggest whiskey drinking country in the world uh, their consumption includes whiskey being distilled in the country, as well as imported scotch. Uh, they're actually number three in world um, consumption of scotch, specifically. Uh, their affinity from scotch comes from the fact that they were a British colony. So they've had access to scotch for 160 years. So about they were a colony from 1858 through 1947, specifically August 15th, 1947 is when they were no longer a British colony. Um, so they also blend their scotch with another spirit that's essentially derived from molasses. So it's, it's not really a whiskey. They call it a whiskey, but it's essentially a blending of these two different things. And there's, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, there's a really great quote from a blog post on, how do we say this? Flavier, Flavier, Flavier. I like to say... Love it. Sure, that. Because
1: it sounds illustrious.
0: Yeah. Illustrious wasn't the right word I think I, I wanted, but who gives a fuck? It sounds, excru- excru- to you. It sounds exclusive. Um, we should do this at some point and get some fun whiskeys from them because we always reference their blog posts. Uh, oh, I was like, do what? Make up words? I already do. Yeah, um, but there's a, there is a good article on Indian whiskey on their site and one of the quotes from them is most of the 189 million cases of whiskey produced in India isn't what we would consider whiskey rather than it's being made from malted grains. Um, it is made from molasses and is thick and very sweet. In fact, whiskey accounts for nearly 60% of Indian-made foreign liquor markets. So there's a lot of stuff being produced, and a lot of it is blended or mixed or derived from this molasses-based liquor. Essentially like a malt liquor. Yeah. 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 So, But I'll link to this in show notes. Um, The blog post goes on to say how popular this type of liquor is because it's more affordable. It's more easy to access. So it averages around like $18 a bottle, whereas kind of the lesser bottles of scotches on the market are about $24 a bottle. Um, To me, this sounds like fucking Hangover City, like molasses. Sure. So so also not what my bottle costs. Not what your bottle costs. Not what your bottle costs. Um, Faux show. But you can you can share with us the price point if you want after. uh, Oh, I will. Oh, good. Um, So some of the older distilleries in the country are Rampur, which was established in 1943. Um, Amrut, did I pronounce that correctly? Um, Amrut, Amrut established uh, shortly thereafter in 48. I'm not going to ruin your bit. I'm not even going to talk about them, because I know it's what you're drinking. But there's also Paul John, which was founded in 1992, officially started operating in 96, and they produce a single malt whiskey. Uh,
1: Fun fact, the okay. liquor store that I went to has some bottles of Paul John. That's how know, really? awesome this fucking place is. Yeah, anyway, continue. Is your middle name David? <laughs> yes, everyone. My middle name is David, like the biblical Paul David. Okay. I was or like two is biblical it, names, is it Paul not John like or is it Paul David? I mean it's all from the Bible, man. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I don't know that my family chose it because it was from the Bible, but. <laughs> peace be with you peace be
0: with you and also Uh, with you no it's also with your spirit now they changed it well i'm old school you haven't been keeping up with the christians uh that's accurate (laughs) (laughs) whiskey and liquor do not always play by the rules in india i can tell you that much um when they do they tend to follow eu minimum standards of three years for maturation but other times you get kind of this like blend of molasses liquor and scotch that they also refer to as whiskey but technically it's not so outside of that the location of the distilleries do play a pretty big role in the production because climate and environment takes into account like the drastic differences in terms of maturation there so the whiskey dictionary which i've talked about a couple of times i bought that a few months back has two really great examples. Uh, So in one location, the southwest coast of India, where Paul John is located, they see summer temps in the 90s. The winter gets down, quote, down to the 70s. -hmm. So That gives them an annual evaporation rate of about 8%. Um, If you look at former Bangalore, where Amrut is based, they see summer temps of 80 to 104 and their winters, quote, get down to 64 to 84 degrees, they mm-hmm. see an annual evaporation rate of about 11%. I know yours has a little bit more, I, I averaged this.
1: Um, no, that's fine. So, so what,
0: what is this also called? Angel's cut, or angel's share. Yes. So they lose a ton by comparison to places like Scotland and Ireland. They have a much smaller evaporation rate. Which their evaporation rate's what, around 2% or so? There's exactly, there's about 2% in Scotland. So whiskey production in general is a huge and almost entirely localized product in India. Um, it's on a massive and industrial scale. Like I said before, molasses is a huge part of that process. Uh, they use winter barley in their whiskies, which is grown and harvested in the country. But as far as peat is concerned, because they do have this huge affinity for kind of Scotch and the Scottish style of making whiskey, they actually import peated barley directly from Scotland mm-hmm. for a lot of their whiskies. Um, You also, from what I've read, get a much fruitier malt in India. So with Scotland, you're not gonna get some of the flavor profiles you do from barleys that are grown in India. The things that they identified were flavors like mango, banana, and pineapple. I can't attest to that, maybe you can. Uh, The profile tends to also be lighter and fresher due to the shorter amount of time that the whiskies tend to spend in the casks, which I believe would also lend to some of the sharpness that you talked about pre-show. Paul John talks a bit about how they use five column multi-pressure distillation, which they say is necessary to create a purer spirit out of the molasses. Um, Master distiller, Michael D'Souza and Paul John himself apparently traveled to Scotland to learn more about scotch making. And with that determined that they could not replicate the process that was being done in Scotland, um, purely because the ingredients and the climates are completely different. Therefore they essentially had to quote, think outside the box and they built the process around Indian products versus building it around how they thought scotch should be created. Sure. Um, So they do, they take ingredients, environment, and climate all into consideration. Um, All of their equipment at Paul John is Indian made. They produce 4,000 barrels of whiskey every year. Um, And I mentioned this earlier, but their angel cut is about 8%, or that's what they say their angel cut is, is about 8% by comparison to the 2% in Scotland. So yeah, I mean, there's a really big focus on using as as many local ingredients as they possibly can. I can't get the words out tonight. Um, But look who who you're talking to. Yeah, but there's a handful of distilleries that are really well-known. Paul John and the other two that I mentioned earlier that I'm completely blanking on right now being the other two.
1: So every time you say Paul John, I'm either like, you're saying it wrong because it's not my name, or I think of the Pope or yeah those two things mostly because i don't know if everyone knew this another fun fact about dc and where i live in dc by catholic university pope john paul ii's like shrine or whatever is is over there by catholic university
0: oh
1: yeah maybe it's not a shrine it's like a museum. i don't know it's a museum
0: or something i don't know rampur and the one you're talking about is emerald those are the other two big ones so those are your three big guys that I was trying to remember. Um, Rampur, oh. M. Root, and John Paul. Or Paul, John. John Paul, Jesus Paul, Christ. John. <laughs> those I'm are the three big guys. ones. There are other ones, but those are kind of the three big players in the country right now. And that's your, right. mini, your mini buzzed history. I was
1: supposed to be like, we love big players. Um, <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> Guess what? That's a great entree into my discussion of the whiskey Oath day Even which as players. i said right as i said is the amrut indian single malt whiskey now i had options at the store where i procured this from and they included the peated version so they have a peated version of the Indian single malt whiskey. And they also have cask strength. But I stood there and I looked at it and I said to myself, how much do I want to spend? And then I also said, what would make sense in purchasing to sort of talk about as an uh, entree into Indian whiskey? And it's probably to actually try the traditional single malt as opposed to cask strength, which we all know comes directly from the barrel, isn't really cut. And like, you gotta cut it yourself. And so that changes a bunch of different things. That makes me nervous just thinking about it. Yeah, okay. Earlier in our sort of, uh, I didn't learn quite what that meant early enough when my friend made me do shots <laughs> of, or did a shot of a cask strength, Oof, Lordy. Anyway, the Amrut Indian single malt whiskey, it's 46% ABV or about 92 proof. The price that I paid for this little ditty was $77 and 16 cents. It was 69 99 plus the delightful DC tax of $7 and 17 cents. This little motherfucker. Anyway, it's hundred percent malted barley. It's aged in new Oak American. Oops, I said that backwards, but it's aged in new American oak and ex bourbon barrels for around from what I've been able to see at least four years. A lot of these uh, whiskeys seem to have much shorter maturation periods because of the heat. Yes. So, according to our dear friends that you had previously talked about, Flavier, as I like to say, <laughs> uh, they the whiskey itself is made from selected Indian barley that's grown up at the feet of the Himalayas, as it says for this for this you know little ditty. that well it's matured by the water flowing there and cultivated by old and traditional agricultural practices. I don't know how much of this is true. Ms. Le Flavier says, I presume it's true. The The grains are carefully mashed and distilled in small batches to preserve the natural aroma. It's matured as I discussed in oak barrels in unique tropical conditions. So at an altitude of about 3000 feet above sea level in Bangalore, which is the the garden city of India. Uh, and the whiskey matures by losing a significant portion, as we discussed. So the Angel's share for this bottle is somewhere in the range of 10 to 15%. 15%? Holy shit. Yeah,
0: that's what I saw. That's nuts. That's a lot that's of crazy. It's a lot of share, right? And Angel's a bit drunk. I'll press that out of, the, out of the barrel and taste it.
1: Right? So the tasting notes on this mofo uh, as provided by the ammo root distilling company's website. The appearance is a
0: golden yellow. I mean, it's, you know,
1: it's like the, it's, yeah, it's like, hay. What
0: so it looks, can you hold up the bottle for me? I just want to see the bottle if it's nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's lighter. I mean, it's, it's not, okay, so let me back up. It's, lighter than i expected based off of what you were saying but it's definitely not as light as like japanese whiskeys are by any means like those are no, definitely hey. that's it that's is more. yeah hey i am call they say golden yellow i say hey okay i, I say hey um
1: <laughs> hey. sorry right no but it's definitely darker than uh uh, obviously, the Centauri Toki, which is practically
0: like see-through, in my opinion. yeah, that's like transparent. So, like, look how dark the the other one yeah. is. Like, this is like Your, dark amber. And it, Nicholas is to refresh everyone is showing me the glendronic Twelve,
1: which is much darker that's, than the bottle I am drinking. This also, so, to
0: be fair, is distilled in sherry casks, so you're going to get something. Well, there you have it. But um, but there's our detour. Sorry, back to you.
1: Yes. So the nose. Yeah. licorice bourbon notes is what they say and i love that i'm going to quote them near perfect bittersweet balance really oh, y'all crazy uh sorry you're not crazy but like i don't this is what we discussed i think we need to do uh a tasting olfactory education session somewhere mm. so that i can actually learn how to do this shit because i don't i don't i don't got it um yep. And they also say burnt honeycomb and toffee. No, no, I can get
0: into toffee. Do you taste toffee? Uh, The licorice completely turns me off. The even the even the idea. So it's not licorice. I can get a little bit of like that,
1: like sweet anisey honeycomb. Yeah, maybe not honeycomb, but like honey. It's like uh, it's like this interesting nose profile of a little bit of licorice it definitely smells like bourbon but like i don't know okay i can i can get some of it i can get some of it right. the the flavor uh, the palate, as we would say it's a richness i love this it's a richness and sheen to the enormous barley oak sweetness i don't even know what any of those words in this context actually mean great right so basically they say it has a big bourbon taste with notes of licorice and molasses sugar and barley i can get i don't know he's drinking he's drinking um i definitely can sort of get the molasses obviously the barley because it's 100 malted barley uh and molasses and maybe the licorice sort of comes from as we sort of discussed in the pre-show it definitely has a strong burn on the front. It's, okay. not a, it's not a long finish or a lingering burn, but it is potent when you sort of sip it on its own.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and the finish, they say long, I just disagree. Um, mostly because I've experienced in our tenure of all of these whiskeys we have uh, consumed, I've definitely experienced whiskeys that have a much longer yeah, yeah. burn than this particular one. It definitely hits you Hard and fast. It stays around for, I say, you know, a moderate amount, but not, I wouldn't consider it long. Okay. And they say wonderfully layered oak offering variations of a sweet, dry theme. Again, I don't know what any of these things mean. Uh, And a touch of silky with some cream toffee at the death. I did want to include that because I'm saying that verbatim from the website because I appreciate that they said at the death which is the end but <laughs> this I, feels, I love the choice of words this feels a little google Translatey to me um, it may have i mean i did not i mean i did click English. like i when you enter the website age yeah. all that stuff are you entering from india or from a different region and i said outside of india so translated i presume into english but i just thought i'd read those
0: verbatim and so that's sort of what it says i read this really fast your finish notes and i thought because I read so quickly and because I'm bad at words, I thought it said sweet dry thyme, like the herb thyme. No, no, no. And I was like, ew, between the licorice and that, I'm done. I am not into it, this. Mm. I'm more confused by sweet dry theme. Me too. <laughs> uh,
1: time, no. And it's interesting because like, I don't get I mean, I've had plenty of things that have anise in them or lic- the licorice flavor in yeah, the yeah. liquor profile. And I don't know that I pulled that from here. But again, untrained palate. Uh, one of the things that you and I and your hubs need to, to
0: I know, I know
1: do when, we, when I am there for a month with you is really sort of sit down, research, think about our tasting meal. Because I think we really need one that I and you sort of can relate to because I have a really hard time relating obviously as we've discussed ad nauseum in this entire show uh relating to how marketers describe their shit how other people describe their stuff like I just am so disconnected from my
0: palate apparently yeah and some of the some of the flavor and taste wheels are so intense like there it needs to be made I mean the one in our book is like four bajillion
1: yes I looked at it once and I was like I can't with you yeah um yeah so some fun facts about this bottle or or Amrut Indian single malt whiskey it was first debuted in Glasgow Scotland in 2004 oh yeah so. the scump- the company the, scump- the, scump- the, scump- the company, the company decided basically they went with launching in Scotland for marketing reasons and according to nilakantha ro Jagdal, who I believe is the son of the founder, who is currently the chairman of the company, he basically said, from a marketing perspective, we thought if our product had to pass the test, why not do so in the toughest location? Um, okay. And Scotland, the home of scotches, they wanted to acknowledge they they wanted basically to be like, let's make or break this mo here. Okay. I respect that. Go in or go hard. And. This uh, particular bottle won, has won some awards, including the Liquid Gold Award from Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible in 2010. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So the distillery, um, root Distilleries, their founding is sort of, Nicholas talked a little about uh, the independence of the Indian state, but their founding basically dates back to practically the start of the independent state of India. So as Nick said, and I'm sure you're all about to be enthralled by. The Indian Independence Act of 1947 is what ended suzernity, which is, do you know what suzernity is? I do not. It's the right of a country to partly control another. Oh. Learning so much today, everybody. Right. India, even after, after the independence, Indian Independence Act of 1947, India remained a sort of a dominion of the British crown until January 26, 1950, when the constitution of India came into place and officially established the Republic of India. Mm-hmm. So I say this because, as I think Nick may have stated earlier, Amrut was founded in 1948. So sort of in that interesting interim period. Uh, and it was founded as Amrut Distilleries Private Limited and was launched under the name of Amrut Laboratories by J.N. Radhakrishna. You're doing go, really good tonight, I'm proud. Who found, who fondly uh, is known as, or at least from what I saw on the website as JNR, which makes my life super easy, right? <laughs> I was like, praise be for y'all fondly calling him something that's I can manage, yeah. And Amrut Distilleries Private Limited quickly entrenched itself as a significant and preferred supplier of Indian-made liquor uh, in the markets in India. So like the malt liquor and all that sort of jazz. So 1960s, Amrut Distilleries ventures into the rectification and distillation of rum. Fun, fun. 1970s, They basically respond to the evolving market in India and begin a foray into the distillation of branding, sort of expanding their portfolio and and their skill levels in some ways. Yeah. And then in the 70s, that's what I just said. So here she is. In 1976, JNR, the founder, uh, passed away and his son, uh, his Who's name? Who I probably should have put the who I said earlier, who goes by Neil's. Isn't that what our book said? He goes by Neil? I believe so. Don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. Ni, Lankata. Sure. About Jagdala. That's what I said earlier. Yep. He goes by Neil in, according to our delightful book, The Complete Whiskey Course, A Complete Comprehensive Tasting. School in Ten Classes by Robin Robinson. We haven't said that in a while, so I thought I would just drop that little ditty in here. Anyway, he took over after his father passed away and remains the chairman and managing director today, according to the website. And he really used the foundations his father established for the business to turn it into a multinational brand and really expanding beyond the reaches of India. So 1980s, they ventured into the distillation of malts with, an, with ultimately the aim of producing their own, you know, leading whiskies in India. 2004, the delightful little ditty that I'm drinking, the Amrut Single Malt Whiskey was launched, as I said, uh, in Glasgow, Scotland at Cafe India, which is one of the leading restaurants at the time in Glasgow, Scotland.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize until I watched an Anthony Bourdain episode how tied Scotland was to Indian food and Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: In 2010, Mroot Fusion, uh, which was released in 2009, was voted the third best whiskey in the world by the whiskey guru and author of the Whiskey Bible, Jim Murray. Jim Murray. Which really put Indian whiskey on the map. Cool. If anyone knows, Jim Murray knows, right? And in 2016, I'm just, you know, they launched the oldest single malt ever to come from India. And, they, and it's titled, Emroot's Greedy Angels 12 Years Old Chairman's Reserve. I want to try that. That's what right. I would try. Uh, yeah, we should see if we can get some of that mofo up in here. Uh, so some other fun facts. Currently, they have 20 single malt expressions, including their staples and some limited editions. Available through uh, Amroo distilleries. And it's available in 44 countries around the world. And they also have two rum expressions. 20 single malt expressions. That is a
0: ton of variety. Interesting. Interesting. That's what I counted. Okay, damn. Look at them cranking them out. Right. Indian whiskey, who knew? I have to go find a bottle at some point because um, I think I talk about Indian whiskey. Well, hmm, that'll be interesting because we've covered all the history in one short episode. So, Wait, are we supposed to talk about it next week? No. I think we'll so. We'll figure yeah. something else. We'll do something else. Um, uh, we'll figure it out, kids. It might be a mini-sode because you'll be getting into town. I'll be preparing yeah. for the fundraiser. It might be a short but sweet little mini-sode. That's what it might be. It might be. It might be. But we should get some of these bottles
1: Um while I'm up there, I owe, I'm i going to owe you like $40. i am going to pay my entire penance of stay in whiskey. <laughs> Your rent will just be bottles that you line I up. I don't know why I called it a penance of stay. I the was going to let it ride,
0: and then you brought us back, and here we are.
1: I'm good. I'll tell you one thing about me. Tell me. I am great at calling myself out on bullshit. <laughs> and I
0: appreciate that about you, whereas I yes. will just try and skate on by until I'm caught. No, I'm very good at being like, what the fuck did I just say? And why did I say it? Uh, I operate under the pretense that people aren't typically listening that closely anyways. So if they catch me, you get a gold star.
1: I probably should operate on that pretense because I bet you <laughs> nine times out of 10 people are not listening. And then I call myself out and they're like, oh my God, you're right. You just said that.
0: It's you like, totally yeah, botched that word. Good job. Yeah. Well, mm. it's how I live my life. Uh, well, guess what? What? um somewhere between a week and an hour or slightly less than a week, based off of when I go back and look at when your flight actually arrives, I'll be picking you up from the airport. Truth. So ladies and gentlemen, do you know what that means for our dear
1: uh, Whiskey Queens followers that next week, Nick and I will be recording,
0: rec- we'll be recording, we'll be mm. recording everybody. Mm. We'll be
1: recording for the first time in person. So logistics should be interesting.
0: It will be very interesting. Um, Actually, given that next Tuesday I am hanging a show, we might be recording from, actually sound quality might be great next week because maybe we'll record from one of the soundproof rooms at the uh, art center. Yeah. So it'll either be a shit show or the best sounding episode you've ever heard.
1: Or a little bit of both.
0: Or a little (laughs) bit of both. And guess what? Until then, it's been good.
1: You know what? What? It's been great. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.